What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. Excited about today's topic. We are talking about telling your ROI story and how to tell the story of your customers. I'm joined by Palmer Houchins, who's the head of marketing at G2. In this conversation, we talk about just mindset, process, how to collaborate internally, how to work on getting that message out and the different channels that we do that. This was a really fun one. I know ROI has been a big topic in B2B marketing, so you're going to learn from a guy who is leading one of the biggest brands in our space. If you like what we're doing, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, but Most importantly, tell a friend, and if you're not already, sign up for The Juice, largest library of B2B marketing sales resources on the planet. It's free. Link is in the bio. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. Excited for today's topic. Excited to chat with today's guest. So we'll hit the topic first. We're going to be talking about defining your company's ROI story and the ROI story of your customer, which is super relevant. I am joined by Palmer Houchins, who's the head of marketing at G2. We got a chance to catch up before we hit record. And I feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone in this one. But without further ado, Palmer, welcome. How are you? Hey, Brad, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on. Before we jump into maybe the the bulk of the content, I'd love to maybe get some perspective on just G2 in general. I feel like G2 is one of those brands in B2B that everybody recognizes just based on the nature of what you do. I'm curious, just like as a marketing leader, I think you've been there for a couple of years. Like what's it, what's the journey been like at G2 working for this brand that is so recognizable and and constantly growing? Like what kind of an experience has that been for you? That that was part of the, uh, the attraction for me joining. I joined the company about two years ago and I had been a, uh, a G2 customer at my last two roles. So I, I knew the product and knew the knew the brand really well. And originally joined as the VP of brand and comms. And uh, at the beginning of this year, took over the, the head of marketing mantle. I mean, it, G2 is one of those, uh, you know, brands that I, when I joined, I actually thought G2 had been around for longer than it had been just because we'd, I'd been using it for so long and it's such a big part of the, the B2B marketing uh, sort of arsenal. But, uh, at, you know, as a way to sort of, tee it up for today the the G2 brand is 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 very pervasive it's out there you see the badges and the reports but what we want to make sure that we're doing a good job of uh of for our customers is telling that ROI story like not only like you know obviously folks are going to keep their profile updated and uh uh be present on G2 but why should you care about driving you know new reviews why should you care about uh you know using our buyer intent data and 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 what sort of ROI is that going to bring for you as a as a B2B SaaS company so uh definitely something that i think is uh is is top of mind for everybody in the in the the B2B SaaS world right now but certainly for us here at G2 so i just analyze like the linkedin feed on a regular basis and it seems like every marketer is talking about ROI now, just based on the climate and in the environment, which is a good thing. Like, I think we should all be thinking about ROI and how we can be better drivers of ROI and everything we do. But I'm curious, maybe just to kick things off, like, what are some ways that you think marketers, as marketers, we can maybe kind of contribute to the transition of our product being just like this, maybe vitamin or nice to have to being a kind of that painkiller or a must have? Yeah, yeah. So what the framing I'd probably put on it and and we just ran this uh 
two two months ago published our annual software buyer behavior report, and so we went out and surveyed you know 1,200 software buyers across the across the globe just to kind of get a pulse of where things are. And uh, the interesting, there were some surprising pieces in that, and in, in that. For the most part, people see their software spend uh, increasing. Uh, they're not necessarily, it's not a sort of a sky is falling scenario where no one has budget. But, but I think what you when you go a layer deeper, what you see is it's not just you know, what we maybe had in 2021, where it was just like, sure, we can bring on another piece of software. Where, where, where do I sign? It's, hey, we need... We need to get to you know ROI on this within six months of onboarding the the software, and that was very uh, very pronounced in sort of the segment breakout, where especially in the mid market and enterprise, I think the number one and two reason uh, you know n- number one and two areas of importance were like we've got to get to ROI. So I think it's like yes, there is a an opportunity to grow from a SaaS and software perspective, but you've got to have that ROI lens on and sort of be able to tell that story, not only to your prospects, but once you've got someone on your platform and activated, like how, what are the right adoption metrics and and, and how are you going to get to sort of an ROI positive experience? You mentioned six months and I think about buying software and I think about the process and just uh, you know, the sales process is one thing, but then you go through implementation, which I feel like implementation just across the board has gotten a lot better than it used to be, but just getting your team onboarded and enabled and then getting the new software up and running. Do you feel like six months is fair or do you feel like more time should be uh, allotted to that in order to get ROI? Just trying to get like brands to listen in and get the perspective as they're working with new customers. I mean, I would say it probably, you know, my caveat would be it probably depends on the segment and the software. I mean, you're if you're going to implement something for a very large enterprise, okay, you know, six months may be maybe how long that implementation process takes. And it also just depends on what the what the tool is. But I think the six-month mark should give everyone a, a big sense of urgency. It's like mm. the Quickly, we've got to get this implemented and we've got to get this moving in a positive direction quickly. And that goes for both the software vendor and the software buyer. Like it's a, you've, you've got to be in lockstep there because if you just kind of sign the contract, check in, you know, three months later, uh, you're setting yourself up for what could be a, uh, a poor experience when, you know, your finance team or whoever is going back to check the software budget and see like, hey, what are we actually doing with this? Or actually, uh, are, are we able to, you know, see kind of a positive return here? And I think the other piece of that is, I've seen this happen too with with different pieces of software that a, a team gets on and you don't get the proper buy-in across the organization. It was like, oh, that was a neat idea, but we we never really used it. I didn't really go, uh, you know, talk to the other team about how we could collaborate with it. And I think for for vendors looking at software buyers, that's an important thing to know. Of like, you want to have that multi-threaded cross-functional buy-in. And then even if you're just a software buyer who wants to, you know, show the finance team that you you care about what you're doing, like you want to go make sure those other stakeholders know what what you're doing and 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 how we can you can be successful together i guess i would say yeah no that makes a lot of sense and when i think about just like brands and telling the story i think about like we all based on what our product does have a different roi story to tell and in order to get there and i know we've experienced this at the juice knowing what we, we, we got to be focused on an roi story it takes a lot of maybe internal collaboration between marketing you know sales feedback product maybe talk a little bit about just like the internal collaboration that either you've experienced at GT or in other places to get that ROI story straight 
so that you can then feel comfortable and confident to to make it public facing and take it to market. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because you know telling that ROI story is a is a team effort. It's not like hey, product marketing, go go figure this out and report back. It's get all aspects of marketing in the room together. You probably want to have a, a good component of your um, your revenue org there too, depending on what your structure looks mm-hmm. like. For us, that means you know our our rev ops, our marketing ops, our uh, even even down to our sales enablement team are all kind of around the table helping us figure out. How we frame and tell this story, uh, and, and I think that a lot of times the trap that folks fall into is it falls not only to to sort of like one team, but it it, it can it can be one person, and so you've got to have that uh, you've got to have that full I call it a full funnel approach where it's like we're we're starting right here with with you know necessarily the narrative development we're going to go into sort of like what's the comprehensive story and uh, what are the proof points that we want to tell there, and then like hey you know this is where I mean, we're lucky enough to have a, a customer marketing team where we can go say, hey, are there are there a couple examples of, of of folks who do this really well that we could kind of pull into to that story and not have your your case studies or whatever they may be kind of live siloed in isolation over there. And then sort of that last piece is how are we going to package this? Like what's mm. the what's the look and feel? Like what sort of channels do we think we need to go out and and tell it on? And hopefully we're doing it, you know, the more the merrier. But but certainly having that that sort of flow feels like the right way to approach it. Have you experienced like just the the driver and the quarterback of the process? Like what has maybe through your experience worked out uh, maybe more effectively and more efficiently? Is it like an individual who's starting to drive the process? And if so, like, is that a marketer? Is that someone in product? Or is it is there like a little committee? Like, how have you I, seen this work? I like the committee approach. It's sort of how we're we're doing. We're going through this exercise like everybody right now, where we want to just hone in on this story. And we've got, you know, a core team across enablement across marketing, uh, but even up to, to sort of our CRO level. And I think you want to have that that buy-in. I think what's important and in, in where the the trap, the trap you could fall into is you know, marketers say, okay, I've, I understand the proof points. Like I can go out and, and, and put some bullets, uh, you know, together around that, but it's sort of informed by what's traditionally always been your ROI story or what's been your go-to-market narrative. And I think that's where it's really important to have some of the, like, for lack of a better term, the boots on the ground, the folks who are customer facing day to day saying like, you know what, my, my customers really like we're falling short here, or they don't understand this, or this is really important to them. And you've got to be able to have that like feedback loop or else it just becomes a little bit of a kind of navel gazing exercise. Totally. And then, so maybe talking through like, to me, as I think through this process, like, I feel like uh, one thing that resonates with me is just like, the qualitative level of the ROI story and like being really good and working through that. But then I feel like I have to give up some of my controls on this process when we get into the quantitative approach, because that usually sits in other areas. So maybe talk a little bit about like moving from qualitative level to a more quantitative approach when we're trying to tell the ROI story. Yeah. I I think that's, a great point. And that's where it's really important 
to understand like your ideal customer or even your existing customers, their goals, their baseline, the metrics that are important to them so that you're making sure that you're telling that story. And, and, you know, even, even going a step beyond them, not like, not just understanding what those metrics are, but how your software, how your service is going to help them achieve those. And so that's where, we, we like to go deep in the sales process on that where we can. And it's an area where we're here at G2 just over the past six months, we've added like two new ROI calculators. One of them is kind of a, you know, upper funnel, Hey, come to our website, plug in a few numbers, get a sense of what our buyer intent data could actually mean in terms of raw, you know, raw opportunities for you. But then once the, we, we've got someone engaged in the sales process, we have a solutions consulting team that's just built out a, a true ROI calculator where we can input a bunch of data, cross-reference that with with what we've got from categories or or different intent areas on G2 and give a very like quantifiable you know piece of it and i think again that's a great point that then i i'm you know a brand marketer at heart i love narrative like it narrative is important you want to be able to tell a good story but if you can't back that up with mm-hmm. like quantifiable data you're you're going to fall short you're just going to hit the spot where it's oh it's you know it's a nice to have it's not a must have for us no doubt and so maybe thinking through we've got the story packaged up and you and there's there's some vehicles too that you, like you mentioned, ROI calculator that can help tell the story in the market, like ways I would imagine in order to do this effectively, like you have to get your team on board first. Like, so there's like this internal marketing component that you want to hit probably some enablement. There's probably the salesperson that's like, Hey, I've done things my way. I hit my number every quarter. And like, you're telling me to do what now, which is always that constant battle. So you're doing the internal thing. And then you get to this point where you're like, all right, now we're as a team in a good shape to begin to, to narrate the story in the market. Maybe talk through that process just in how, yeah, I know you're a brand marketer at heart and you're probably used to kind of organizing and quarterbacking around uh, something like a story. Maybe talk through how you think about that. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an internal plus external approach, and, and you want to probably do them in in that order of like aligning yourself internally, and and what I've found is kind of important on the internal side is to your point, you've probably got some some great marketers and and great sales folks who like, hey, this is the this is the play that I've been running, and it's what's really worked, and. I think my feedback there is, is we're not necessarily trying to change that. We're just trying to add to it and make it more robust. And so you want to say like, hey, well, we've got this this for this particular you know objection handling point, or or you know, I bet a lot of folks don't even know that we offer this. So like, bring that into into the talk track somehow. So that that's sort of part of that internal alignment. And then I think you kind of get together and say like, how are we going to go do this externally? And there's the basics of sales enablement, like going through there, like I mentioned, objection handling, figuring out how you're going to go uh, walk this into, into those calls that we have, whether it's with a frontline marketer or, or a CMO. But I think you want to push it a little bit further of like, what sort of thought leadership could we, could we, you know, start publishing around this? It's not just a sales mm. deck. What are some customer case studies that do a good job of telling this or, or what are the customer case studies that we need to go out and find to add to that? And then looking through anything from, you know, could we, 
could we build out something a little bit more interactive? Is there a video or there social assets or there infographics or there things like that? And that, that creates sort of a plan that you can go to market with. And assuming you've got all the internal pieces in a row, so you've got the enablement piece, you've got the resources internally to go support that. You just keep making sure folks are, are, are telling that story. So you kind of teased this a little bit by talking about a customer's story. I'm curious, obviously, like social proof is a a big piece of this. And if I think about any deck or any narrative that you're sharing, you want to layer in kind of the customer story along with it. Maybe talk a little bit about ways to make sure that the ROI story is resonating with the people that you want it to, but then also you're making sure you're telling the ROI story of your customer alongside of it, like how that works. Yeah, I, I think it's really understanding the shoes that sort of your customer, uh, like that they reside in. Like, are you speaking to their challenges and needs? Like, what's top of mind for them? Certainly, in understanding the the macro environment in 2023 versus 2021 is going to be a, 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 a like table stakes at this point. Uh, you want to be able to speak the same language as them. For us, what that means is. You know, we serve a lot of different types of marketers. A customer marketer who's looking for sort of reviews and proof is going to have a different set of objectives than, say, a demand gen marketer who's looking to take buyer intent data and integrate that into an ABM platform. Like those are those are just two different cases. And if you're if you're telling the demand gen story to a customer marketer or vice versa, it's it's not going to necessarily fall on deaf ears. It's just gonna be like that's great, but mm. uh, this. Uh, and so I, I think those are, you know, easily ways. I, I think you also, especially early in the sales process, you never really know who you're talking to. So simplify, make it easily digestible and just consider that there's probably going to be, uh, and this is something going back to that buyer behavior report that we put together. There's probably going to be a large buying committee there. Like you may have a main point of contact. You may be talking to, to a marketer, uh, but at some point they might need to bring in a counterpart in sales and finance and wherever. And you would just want to make sure that you've got, you know, a story, at least some part of that story is is going to resonate there. When we like getting feedback from the team on if the message is resonating, if these stories are working, like how, how does that, how do you think about that? Like, how do you think about it in the way to make sure like you're getting feedback, it's coming at a certain value volume enough to know that like, okay, this V1 of the ROI story was good, but we're getting this feedback. So we might need to change it. Like what amount of time do you allot? And like, how do you get the right feedback from your team in order to know if a shift should be made just based on what they're hearing from the market? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think it's one that probably depends on the size of, you know, of company for us, we're on the larger side. So we've got different segment sales teams, different segment sales leadership, and even just overall sales leadership. And so what we like to do is have uh, the different product and demand and marketers go out and meet at those, you know, weekly, monthly cadences and just kind of hear, hey, what's working, what's not. And, uh, you know, I think a, a big question we like to ask is, is what are we missing? Like, what are we lacking? What are you hearing that we don't have anything to, to address for? Because I, I think by and large, you don't hear like, oh, this is not working or this is wrong, but it's more about, but what about this? Or what mm. about, you know, like, do we have something that speaks to this integration or that integration? And so it's more about building up than it is necessarily having to, to, to change wholesale on the fly. I want to maybe close out. This has been such a fun conversation. I want to maybe close out with just like any specific examples of just 
how G2 is it thinks or has worked through some of this ROI storytelling, like any examples that you can uh, offer us just to give us some, some more info that we can think about as we take home and think about ROI stories ourselves. Yeah, we a couple examples here. And again, I think the beauty of this is it can take a lot of different shapes and forms. Uh, I mentioned the ROI calculators. I think if you're ever in a uh, position to do that with your product, that's just a, a no-brainer. We've put together uh, a deck that that sort of shows all the enhancements that we've made by plan to to all of our uh, all of our products. So it's just like, hey, if you're if you're coming up on your renewal, here's the here's the, you know, half of our product features we've added in the past year. And so like, hopefully we're delivering that value. And frankly, if you didn't know about that or didn't know how to use that, that feature, then we want to have that conversation so that we can make uh, G2 all that much more valuable to you. Beyond that, I think uh, I love, we we had a great, uh, we were down at the Forster B2B Summit in uh, early last month and got to get up on stage and, and, and do a presentation with, with IBM and just like, a real life. Here's what they're doing. Here's how they're show. Here's how they're seeing value. And I mean, that was a full room. And and I think that honestly, taking an actual customer, getting them in front of other prospects and customers, there's nothing better you can do to tell ROI than than that. And not everyone has that opportunity, but I think you can still uh, look for those. You can go tell those customer stories. Look to bring them alive to life, not just in a. Uh, you know, in a sales deck, figure out how you can tell them on social, through video, even through, you know, your blog or on, on your site. And then just make sure that your sales team has got those those internal, you know, one pagers or whatever they need to, to help realize those specific use cases around value there. So just a couple of things that, that, you know, we've, we've seen, uh, We've seen work here recently, but I think uh, what what I like to say is if you're if you're doing that ROI story right, it can it can come to life. It can take many different shapes and forms, and so that's the that's the beauty of it. But it starts with that. Uh, it starts with defining that story and figuring out how to align internally and go tell that externally. Tons of insight on how we should all be thinking about building out our ROI story. Palmer, this was a ton of fun. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate all that you shared today. Thanks, Brett. Really enjoyed that conversation with Palmer. He is full of insights. I love the way he leans into his brand marketing and comms uh, subject matter expertise in order to facilitate the ROI story building at G2. I learned a ton from him. Hopefully you did too. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer on the other side.